0: and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Welcome to Voice of Intech. Today we're joined by Professor Lily Fang. She's a professor of finance at INSEAD. Originally, I think Lily, you started in Singapore. Now you spend more time in Fontainebleau and actually in Switzerland as well. So. We're going to talk about fintech and 2020 and the pandemic and what that meant for the people who work in financial services. And uh, many of them have been working remotely more than ever. And uh, we would like to know also, what would that mean for fintechs going forward? What are the opportunities here? Uh, So let's focus on the positive, how to turn the current situation into something that you can build on and we go from there. To get to the, those answers, we have actually run a quick survey among the listeners You know, in a month uh, before the recording of this, and we've asked exactly these sort of questions. So we'll discuss now the results as well and uh, the Lily's research uh, related to this, and um, we see what we can do for 2021. So, hey, Lily, how are you today?
1: Good. Thanks, Rudy. Thank you.
0: Can you introduce yourself? Why have you become an academic in finance? What drew you to this?
1: That goes back a long time. So growing up, I always liked math a lot. And so a bit of a geek and, um, you know, just ended up studying for my undergraduate in Canada, math and combination of math, computing, science and business. And finance started to just fascinate me. It seems like it's the area that, you know, these the confluence of these topics naturally come together. And I have to say that after I graduated from my PhD from Wharton, I did struggle quite a bit between whether to go to Wall Street or, you know, um, stay in academia. And in the end, I chose academia and I'm really happy where I am because, you know, it gives me the chance to do research, to think more deeply, you know, from just the day-to-day hustle. And uh, at the same time, I love the teaching aspect, connecting with people, connecting with executives. And also working with people uh, in my role of consultant and, and, you know, solving real problems. So I'm really lucky where I am.
0: Great. And you've been an INSEAD professor since 2003. As I mentioned, first based in Singapore, now in Fontainebleau. I think this was when INSEAD first opened the campus in Singapore, right? Uh, So how has education changed during those times when you think about MBAs, you talk about executive MBAs and and uh, nowadays, also the virtual or hybrid uh, delivery methods of content, I guess. Mm. What have you seen as big trends uh, overarching yeah. those uh, you know those years?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been at INSEAD in academia for 17 years, believe it or not. And I joined the year of um, the previous pandemic. Uh, you know, the actually, it wasn't a pandemic. I joined the year of the SARS. But since then, lots have changed. Um, actually, two things that really come to mind. One is diversity. So You know, INSEAD has always been a leader in terms of being very diverse in our student body and as our faculty body. But what I've seen is just that other schools have really also tried to catch on and then do many different types of programs and collaborating globally, just globalization diversity has become a huge trend in business education. And, uh, the other thing is digital. Just, I mean, it's just the amount of content that's related to digital digital strategy, digital in marketing, and the, nece- the necessity that nowadays that we become digital natives. And so, you know, a lot of uh, new pedagogical topics and areas we focus on, including, you know, fintech is clearly one of them too.
0: Right, which leads me to another question, because I looked at your official range of uh, research interests on your bio, right? And it's quite wide. It's financial intermediation, financial institutions, asset markets media financial markets in china so how does the rise of fintechs fit into all of these Uh, and what's behind this question is really when you look at some of the technology companies in the financial services space or financial services firms they didn't call themselves 10 years ago when they started the fintech and now it's a it's a buzzword and you have to be a fintech and you even go backwards you can kind of redo the history right Mm. so How does that uh, fintech phenomenon fit into all of your interests?
1: Oh, I think it's just a really natural fit. I think if you're a finance person, academic, it's one of the mega trends that's happening in society, happening in our industry. That's just really hard to ignore. You know, I mean, if you're a curious person, you naturally become very curious into that. And as you said, one of my research areas are different financial intermediaries, including I studied a lot, you know, venture capitalists. And I also have China as one of my interests, and you know, fintech is one area where VC has poured so much money. It's maybe the you know most highly uh, kind of invested area, and China also you know is a sig- really significant, if not a leader, in terms of this area. So that just kind of fit into my traditional areas of interest, and even more broadly, you know, I'm always interested in. My research has always centered on financial intermediation. And that's really at the core of financial market. You know, how does information get transmitted? How does it get impounded in prices? And how does you know the financial market solve information problems like frictions? And fintech is just a way, a new way of using technology to solve, to perhaps improve our way of solving financial, you know, information problems to deliver those fundamental underlying services in a better way. So. I think that this is just a super exciting area that um, creates a lot of new research ideas and topics. And it's just a huge trend that I, you know, feel like you just cannot afford to ignore. And, and if you're curious, I think this is something that you naturally, you know, as a researcher gravitate towards.
0: Of course, of course. So uh, great, great stuff. Obviously, we are doing this at the end of 2020, which uh, has brought the world upside down and finance is no exception. We've done a short survey among our listeners on remote working in finance and the opportunities this may bring for fintechs. And I uh, just want to introduce the demographics of our respondents, and then we, we talk about the results and w- what sort of uh, insights are coming out of this. So, the, the people who answered 40% of, wor- of them work in various finance functions, another 15% in fintech, and another 15% in VC or, or private equity and 10% in investment banking and then the remainder is uh, in different functions over 75% of them have working experience of 10 years and more so they may have not seen SARS all of them but they have seen a different they have seen the world after the financial crisis of 2008 that's for sure they come from a mix of independents and small companies about 35% and large companies which is the 30% and the rest is in between Nearly 60% of them are in senior roles, like director, MD, or partner. And lastly, nearly 60% are based in Europe, over 20% in Asia, 10% in the Americas, and the remainder in Africa and Australia. So Lily, what do you think that, that these uh, professionals have experienced this year, and, and uh, what do you think it's coming for them in 2021?
1: Yeah, I think that really, you did a very interesting and and timely survey. I think that everybody, you know, firms around the globe are trying to figure out, you know, kind of what's in store in terms of the new norm. And I I don't think that there is a kind of a consensus answer. You, you, You see firms doing different things, you know, on the one hand, you have, you know, kind of Googles and Facebook and Twitter, these companies, they are going fully remote. They are maybe making remote mm-hmm. work permanent, you know, even willing to relocate people and so forth. And uh, then on the other hand, you have J.P. Morgan, uh, you know, kind of urging their senior staff and urging their people back into the office. I think that you're going to see people you know, do different things. And, and your survey is really very timely and um, interesting because you have a fairly broad geographic coverage. And you have different sizes of companies and you have actually a lot of the people, res- uh, respondents are senior, which I think that offers a very good perspective because they have broader views on the impact of the, the recent events on how this is going to affect the way we work. So I think that, um, you know, uh, some of these results are going to be pretty, you know, insightful.
0: Right. So we asked them about how to remote working, which was made more commonplace by the pandemic. Of course, you know, a lot of people could work from home in finance, uh, some functions more than the others. It depended on the boss, on the team and things like this. But it obviously was made more more commonplace and, uh, and uh, people in working, uh, people in finance worked from home for sometimes, you know, weeks uh, uninterrupted. And uh, we asked them, how much their work has been impacted by remote working. Nearly 40% said a lot or another 40% said was right down in the middle. Mm -hmm. We also asked them if uh, they see their area affected by remote working permanently or temporarily. I think 50% or so said uh, it was a mix of both and the rest was evenly divided. Mm -hmm. I've shared the results obviously with you beforehand. So what else have have you seen? in terms of uh, their impact on remote working and uh, or the way of working in finance?
1: So I think that, you know, one of the really interesting things for me is that, you know, you see, so first of all, you have basically 80% of people who said it dis- impacted them a lot. And then you ask them which areas, which aspects of their work is being mostly impacted. And I think that people said overwhelmingly, you know, it's teamwork. I think it's more than 60%, maybe even 70% of people said teamwork and leadership. And so then then you also ask them at the same time, you know, kind of, um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer to work from home or do you prefer to work in the office? And then overwhelmingly, I think it's more than 80%, maybe people said from, from home. So to me, actually, when I look at those two results, it's a little, I, I puzzled over a little bit because you know, on the one hand, people say that the teamwork and leadership has been impacted. I took it to mean that in a somewhat negative way, because, you know, we are all a bit isolated in our own home. Teamwork is affected. You know, you don't get that face to face kind of uh, interaction. And it's also maybe harder for leaders to essentially, you know, um, in, you know uh, lead a, a very diverse team across different, you know, even time zones and so forth. So, but on the other hand, when you ask them which way of mode, which mode of work they prefer, they say, I prefer to work from home. So it's almost like, okay, you know, that worse or maybe more negative way of teamwork or, or the, the leadership goes out uh, the window. But so I puzzled over this, but I think that actually, if you look at more in a detailed response, what what's happening is that I think we all... Recognize that you know we need teamwork, we need face time, we need to be, you know, in in the in the office in order to be effective. But the question is really, do we really need that five days a week and eight hours, or at least eight hours a day? You know, I think that that's that's you know important. So so it, it seems to be that perhaps my initial interpretation is not quite accurate in the sense that it's true. You know, you have more remote work that makes the face to face. Experience, obviously that dramatically reduces that necessary face to face experience. But at the same time, actually, there are aspects of remote work that can enhance teamwork and and leadership because we know, especially for the senior leaders, it's, um, in addition to fire, you know, firefighting, you need time to think. And maybe if you're just in the office, it's more easy to get distracted and you have less of that mind space to, you know, kind of think more deeply about longer term and and about more kind of broader issues. And I found one of the respondents, which is so interesting, said that, you know, I actually get to, when I work from home, I get to take a walk to clear my head. This really energizes me. And I think that that's really, you know, a fantastic thing, because I think that we, we do need, you know, personal interaction to lead effectively, to work in a team effectively. But essentially, I make sense of the result, essentially indicating that we don't need that, you know, five days a week you know, 10 hours a day, we need that part of the time. And other times, there are really great aspect of working from home that allows me to think more deeply, allow me to be a little bit more introspective, you know, and just think in, in more quiet. And even for teamwork, you know, kind of, there's this other aspect, which is that every individual need to be more accountable, managing their time, and ultimately the team puts the work together. So I think that there's really my, uh the, the results Made me think a little deeper about what does teamwork and how the effect has really been. And I really think that remote work hasn't really been all a negative for teamwork and uh, leadership. In fact, there's good aspects, which is carving out space for individuals to take responsibility and for leaders to think more deeply. And so in the end, people want to choose, you know, a combination of remote work and in office.
0: Right. And we actually asked them how many days a week would you like to work from home? And nearly 50% of the people said three days a week, yeah with around 15% either two days or another 15% four days a week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is quite a bias towards working from home. We also have asked, you know, which days uh, just for fun. Uh, obviously, they came up, uh, people came up with a Friday or a Monday or Wednesday, right? But I must say, you know, and shout out to an earlier guest on the podcast from Mana Search, where Mimi and Gwen from Imperial did the research as well. And, and uh, she's actually quite against the home office because uh, she's more concerned with more junior people. Mm. And the idea there is that, well, if you're a junior, you want to be in the office because you need to learn. And it's much more difficult to ask your boss for help if it has to be scheduled. That's so true. you know spontaneity and uh, kind of uh, that that sort of environment is um, is hard to replicate in a virtual world.
1: I think that that's why J P Morgan has asked their people to come back to office. Right, there's a certain aspect that's hard to replicate at home.
0: Right, but also there are some companies which recognize that, uh, but they also recognize they are in the region where you know the stats don't pre- don't really allow them to come back to the office. So what they've done is they've developed specific online programs for onboarding of new employees in this, in this sort of uh, times, right? So they don't just do the regular compliance stuff, but there is a additional training because they know they won't be able to walk around the office and ask just anybody. So mm-hmm. again, it's not a perfect substitute, right? But I think where I'm w- going with this is that maybe we also need to get better at using the technology that is out there, yeah. And, yeah, which is exactly. already happening. And so in many countries, many sectors, also in education, it is already much better than six months ago in many countries. But, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And then, you know, we turn people's attention to how to uh, capitalize on these changes and, and uh, turn them into opportunities because mm-hmm. they may you know, impact the work uh, the way we work for years to come. So how is that an opportunity for a fintech company? And uh, we talk to, we asked people about what are the biggest opportunities if remote working becomes more extensive. Over mm-hmm. 60% of the people said the most significant opportunities are in client onboarding or KYC or uh, you know, CRM, so in client management over 50% in automation and insights, followed by cloud-native core banking technologies or cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So very, very clear client onboarding slash KYC and CRM is the number one, then it's automation insights is number two, and then it's kind of a backend cloud-native yeah. and cybersecurity. And mm-hmm. uh, we've also wanted to know whether people think these are opportunities are global or local, Seventy-five uh, of percent of the people said that uh, this is a, a global uh, opportunity. Uh, interesting for me was that over seventy percent think that uh, these changes will take hold over next five years. Mm. Only twenty mm. percent think it will be within a year. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, you know, we've also asked whether this is a another opportunity for fintech to disrupt and dismantle the incumbents or not uh, people think that cooperation is the way to go uh, by 70 percent what are your impressions when you hear these sort of uh, results and and views from the finance professionals
1: yeah i think that they're actually pretty much consistent with my own priors i would say that you know the lot of the mid-office back-office work is going to be more and more you know um, done by fintech and um so the wiring and plumbing of you know the our technology information system at the end of the day financial systems are importantly at the core of their information systems so that's going to be handled by more and more technology and i think this pandemic is just a little bit of a catalyst you know in terms of pushing up those uh you know agendas and does create you know additional opportunities for innovation and adoption of you know new technologies. Um, I would also agree that some of this stuff will probably be taken up quite quickly within a year, but full kind of rollout and more broadly adaptation uh-huh. is probably going to be more like a five-year frame. Um, re- so relatively rapid, but not not sort of immediate. And then you know if a lot of the back office and mid office work is going to be handled by technology, fintech, that's going to be leaving essentially the more front end, the value-added work, the actual deal-making, the, the actual things that, that needed the face-to-face interactions to be done by professionals, so the more, more value-added. And that seems to be the right way to go, you know, and that's exactly the whole goal for fintech is to use the technology to replace, you know, more expensive, you know, human activities by, by technology, more efficient, and do, doing it even a better way, you know, and so I think that those results are fascinating and pretty much it it makes total sense to me.
0: Right. And I think also virtually means that you have access globally to talent, right? So Mm -hmm. not only the technology, but uh, people who put it together, you can hire them from anywhere in the world. I think one of the comments I've seen uh, was that fintech will essentially replace all the non-revenue generation jobs at the financial institutions over the next decade. So let's see how that goes but uh, a lot of people see the positive in uh, kind of democratisation of the hiring as well and the opportunities yeah. because you may work really from anywhere in the future right imagine yeah. if imagine if this what we're going through happened 30 years ago when we didn't have the video streaming right
1: <laughs> right i think that definitely the technology does you know kind of re, you know reduce the distance if you like and it's a great tool because nowadays all the really good companies are trying to hire a diverse labor force and you know uh, benefiting from talents you know from d- different places and to the extent that the technology helps us do that that's that's just a fantastic thing i think you know indeed you know the diversity in the in the pool uh, talent pool does help like the top performing firms are all doing this and um i think we're going to see this trend and and in fact the fintech development is going to help that
0: so let's hope that this will uh, mean only the greatest the benefits for the consumers uh, that uh, people will be able to find uh, job opportunities in this new sort of setting as well Uh, so Mm -hmm. before we wrap up i just have two questions one is what are your key priorities for next year in terms of research or teaching
1: on the teaching front i mean an absolute priority right now is uh, we have a new fintech program we're about to launch and uh, you know this is something we've myself and a number of my colleagues from other areas from strategy from operations and econ you know jointly deliver together so we're excited and working hard on that and um, on the research side I have a number of projects that um are related to esg you know about the metrics and about how esg considerations mm-hmm. affect uh firm performance and so forth so you know just um i'm, I'm myself super excited about these new research topics
0: wonderful and uh, so where can interested parties reach you and find out more about your research uh, writing or teaching
1: oh thank you uh thanks so much you can you know very easily find me in our insead you know website you can find me easily on LinkedIn. And also we have this new fintech program that's going to go online pretty soon. And of course, you can also easily find me there.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much, Lily, and looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rudy.
0: Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.